God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. We give God all the thanks and praise for another opportunity to be in His presence, to share fellowship together, to feast and esteem. Um, I want to appreciate God for this privilege to be always um, on your way every day for the past nine days. Today is the third day of this prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting is that made perfect is in line with our fasting and prayer for the month of July. Amen. That's God's word for this month of July. And so we thank God for the grace to keep meeting and to keep praying. Amen. I want to appreciate everyone who has been joining. Those who join in life, those who join in later, I want to appreciate you. I want to appreciate God for your life. The good Lord bless you. I want to also appreciate everyone who has been allowing the Lord to use their that to click the like button and those who also share and those who also uh, give us feedback. I want to say the Lord bless you. We appreciate what you're doing. Amen. Because at least I want to encourage everyone person. Allow the Lord to use your finger uh, for the purpose of media evangelism. You can be media evangelist. Click share. Let the word of God spread far. Amen to Jesus. Glory to God forevermore. I believe we'll be getting blessed thus far. And today we trust the Holy Spirit for another glorious time in His presence. Amen to Jesus. Let us lift up our voices and bless the name of the Lord. Let's appreciate Him. Just glorify Him. Thank Him. Bless His name. Bless his Jesus, we bless you. Jesus, we appreciate you. Jesus, we glorify you. We magnify you. We say, Hallow be your name. 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 Be thou exalted in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We give you praise and glory. We adore you. Thank you for another privilege in your presence. We glorify you, Adonai. Yahweh, we exalt you. We acknowledge your presence. We welcome you to your meeting room and reign. Let Jesus alone be glorified. Let the flesh glorify itself. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. We're going to be sharing something today. And I trust God that you uh, will grant us revelation. Amen to Jesus. It's something that uh, many of us might not have taken notice of in our walk with God. Amen to Jesus. Amen. And uh, I believe that it's going to help us a great deal. Amen to Jesus. Today we are sharing on what I titled The Spirit of Just Men Made Perfect. The Spirit of Just Men Made Perfect. Now we'll do a quick review of our previous lesson. Now in our previous lesson, that's yesterday, we learned that faith is made perfect by love and love is manifested when one we show love for humanity in fairness and equity without respect for persons. We show love in fairness and equity without respect for person. And we learn that God did this first. John 3 16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved the world. He loved the world in fairness and equity. At that point, the Bible says, Who are we yet sinners? Christ died for us. Then we were sinners. And there was the, in, in the midst of our, our sin, we had those who were bourgeois and those who were living in penury. We had the high class and middle class and the low class. But God showed love to every class equally. Amen to Jesus. Now, so we see that God loved the world equally when He sent Jesus to die for our sin. Now, even in the provision of nature, God loves everyone equally. The Bible says He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Praise God forevermore. Now, so God's love. Uh, uh, for redemption uh, was equal. In the provision of nature, it is equal. Praise God forevermore. And we must have this kinsing uh, show of love to humanity. Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And most of the time, we, we some of the times, they even we, 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 most of us use preference in love when we are showing love. And using preference to show love actually demeans the purpose of love. Amen to Jesus. Because even the person that you call an unbeliever that you refuse to show love to, your love might just be the key to his salvation. I hear what I'm saying. The Bible says, it says, when your enemy comes to ask you, give him, when he comes to ask you for food, give him what? Food to eat. Say, by so doing, you are heaping coals of fire on his head. So, in other words, when your enemy comes to ask you, even though he's taunting you, and he comes to ask you for food, show him love by giving him food. By giving him that food, you have initiated the action of justice. And you may not say, praise God forevermore. And also, even when people, when people um, um, come against us because of our faith, 
we must also learn to show them love. Except they are chosen to be unrepentant and then they are chosen judgment for themselves. Praise God forevermore. But we must start off with showing them love. I remember when we started the work of the missions here for a space of like two years, we saw the way the people were relating with us. But we kept showing love. Are you getting what I'm saying? We kept showing love. We knew, we knew even at the church, we knew that they were treating us wrongly. We knew that they were not treating us well. And something, it, it, it even got to the point where we showed love or difficult. But a um, pastor would tell me, just be patient. Just be patient. Just be patient. We kept being patient, showing the love, showing the love. At the end of the day, the love we showed spoke for us. I hear what I'm saying. So we must show love. In, um, in, in, in fairness and equity. And we also saw in James 2, verse 2 to 4, how James admonishes us there. It says, For if they come unto your assembly, a man with a gold ring, in a godly, goodly apparel, and they come, they, they come in also, a poor man, in a vow raiment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit down here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand down there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Let me bring to revelation in Jesus' name. So even James makes us understand that we must not show partiality in love. We must not show partiality in love. Amen. I remember uh, one of the things I always did was I always opened my I always I always put my hands to people. Even when some of the people that come they are not up to my standard, I still open my hands to them. Amen to Jesus. My biological mom always say Christianity is a leveler. I can't only hear her say that over and again because as pastors, they did their best to reach out to people, to reach out to people that were not even at their start, who did their best to reach out to them and get them rooted in Christ. Amen to Jesus. And in the course of doing that, they experienced a lot of things. I didn't understand what she used to mean there until uh, when I began the ministry, Pauliari, and then I began to understand how much Christianity is a what? When people that can never get to your status in life have the impetus to rain insults at you, amen to Jesus. They have the impetus to do some crazy things to you and they will never get to your status. But the, this, is the, this is the idea of love. Love makes what? You come to the place of God. What do I mean by that? God came down to man. The Bible says, though he was, though he was a son, talking about Jesus, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. God came down to the state of man to be able to save man. And you know what I'm saying? So that is what Lord does to you. Lord brings you to the state of man to be able to help man. I was once saying I was I was I was I was many things to many just to get them saved. To the Jew I was a Jew, to the Gentile I was a Gentile, just to get them saved. Praise God forevermore. So there are times that Lord is going to make you lower, that is the word, get, get to the lowest level to relate with some people just because you have to pick them up to your level. Now, if you are somebody who has a mentality of partiality, you cannot actually show love. Are you not saying? Because love will demand you to remove your status many of the times and come down to the level of people believe your status to reach out to them. And we care. That's what love demands of you. That's what love actually demands of you. And so that's why our faith is only made perfect. God, we can actually show love without partiality, which is the love that God shows. And if we don't do that, it simply means that we are judges of evil thoughts. Our thoughts have become evil. And you know, some say the disciples were together and they began to argue among themselves. Who is the greatest among us? Imagine, after Jesus had taught them humility at his peak, they still had that evil thought of who is the greatest. And because of that argument, Jesus came and he brought a child and showed them who the greatest is anyone who has this attitude. Now, because of that argument, when they came, when they came uh, uh, to have supper, because they were still filled with that thought of who is the greatest, nobody sought to wash anybody's feet. So all of them came with their dirty feet to the table. And they used to eat on no tables there. So it was powerful for them to wash their feet after coming from a journey after walking on, 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 on the soil because they wore sandals and when they walk on the soil, their feet must be, must be dusty. So it's important for them to wash their feet before they come to table. Now because they were so carried away with who is the greatest, everybody carried their dirty feet into what? They died in the supper table. And Jesus looked at them and said, even after, even after explaining this thing to them, this mentality is still there in them. See, this is not what you use explanation to do. I have to use practicals to do that. 
And you know what I'm saying? So when Jesus washed their feet, he had to practicalize his teaching to them. He had to make them understand that for you to act in love, you must come down to the lowest levels of life to be able to do what? Act in love. So he had to act it out for them. When we don't show love in equity, in fairness, our thoughts are different. Partiality is a reflection product of evil thoughts. Nepotism, tribalism, nationality, they are any product of evil thoughts and they find their roots to Babel. We did that teaching in honor about teachings in church. You can go to Grace by Chenya Fuka Maguna and you get that teaching there. It was a good um, teaching. So it will help you understand it. Really. Praise God forever more. All right, now we also learned that love shown, we also learned that love is uh, uh, manifested when it's shown by the actions of giving, not talking alone. We live in a generation where people know how to talk. Like my my biological father always say, if you get into the streets of my country, Nigeria, and you ask anyone, even if you ask a madman, what is the solution to Nigeria, the madman can take the solution. To the extent that even the madman know the solution to the country, but yes, see the mess we are in. Watch the status quo, the mess we are in. It makes us understand that we live in a wordful generation that is actionless. We live in a generation that is full of words, but empty of actions. Go to social media, what do you see? Words, 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 words. You see arguments here, arguments here, arguments here, arguments here. English here, English there, English there, English here. Speaking English. Our world is so saturated with too much talk. Too much talk. But few action. Are we together? And we see God give the example of love by action, love by talk. And let me give you an example. Don't you say, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Now, so now, let's go to Genesis 1, verse 26. He says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image and likeness. And then in verse 27, he says, And the Lord made man in his image, made them in our feet. Now, in Genesis 1, verse 26, God said, God spoke to the God there, Let us make man. And the next thing was he acted immediately. Now, you know what I'm saying? 27, he acted immediately. That was in creation. But in the new creation, God did not even speak. Are you know what I'm saying? God so loved and he gave. Are you know what I'm saying? God so loved and he gave. God so loved and he gave. Because he knew that this matter was a matter of urgency. Are you know what I'm saying? It was a matter of urgency. When you are in a crisis situation, when you are in, in, in an emergency situation, you don't waste time talking. Have you seen any doctor where they bring an emergency case to him and he starts talking and talking and talking and talking? Is that usually doctor do that? He starts talking and talking and talking and then when he finishes talking for maybe like one hour, he explains what is happening to the to the client, to the, to the patient's um, uh, relatives. He explains, if the patient is dying, the first takes time right, to explain what is happening. See, he's having a hyper blah blah blah, you know, those medical stuff. He, he takes time to explain everything to them and then he uses one hour to explain to them why the patient is in a critical point. This is an emergency case. And after one hour, after explaining, he says, okay, let's start treating the patient. Will you see how the patient will treat? What happens when a patient is brought into an emergency is straight up? If the patient has to go to the theater, they just tell the they just tell the relative, see, this is the cost of the theater, blah blah, and this is how that are you ready? Okay now, you are ready, go and sign the document, sign the document sharply, they take the patient straight. No time for after they have saved the life, they cannot start explaining what happened. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now we live like most of the time, not understanding that life is a matter of emergency. Souls are dying, souls are perishing. It's a matter of emergency. Love takes the emergency approach towards his actions. For God so loved the world, the next thing he was wrong, he gave. Not that he talked, no, he gave. Not that he explained, he gave. Are you not saying? He gave. He gave. He acted immediately. God showed his love by the work of giving Jesus. He acted immediately. So the proof of love is immediate action, not delayed action. And you know what I'm saying? Immediate action. Act immediately. 
act right, acting in that is the proof of law. Amen to Jesus. Now that's why James also makes us understand in James, the same James 2 verse 15 to 16 says, If a brother or sister be naked and desperate of daily food, and one of you say, Well, in depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does need profit? He said, Brother, who oh, yes, this one is genuinely destitute because they are what we call ingenuine destitutes. I'm talking from experience. I've seen many ingenuine destitutes. There are people that they, are, they, are, they, are, they, they, they can make a life for themselves, but they are missing and they keep looking for help. There are some people that they say they are looking for help, but just watch it very well. They are not looking for help, they are looking for people to be parasites on. <laughs> they are not looking for help, but they are looking for hosts because they are parasites. So you must know who is genuinely destitute and you must know who is a parasite. For about 20 years down the ministry, I have seen a lot of parasites. They are looking for hosts. And by the reason of God, I have learned how to distinguish parasites from genuine genuine people who are genuinely destitute. Are you know what I'm saying? That's so when somebody who is genuinely destitute, the solution at that time is not to decree into his life. Are you know what I'm saying? The solution is to give an assistant, then give make a declaration. Like a man of God once said, he said, never do people come to meet him. People are genuinely, never do they come to meet him for, to, for assistance and he say he doesn't want to say, oh, you come and meet him and say, Pastor, this is a serious matter. I have, I need 200,000 like that. He said, you don't bring that home. When you come, he will tell you, see, it's 20,000 like that. Take it. I pray for you that the Lord will multiply this 20,000 around in your hand and it will be able to meet your needs. He has been able to do something. Are you going to say? He has done something. If he's a, if he doesn't say, Pastor, I need 200,000, I know mean, that that's a genuine destitute. I just say, I decree and declare in 24 hours, 200,000 around will get you now in the name of Jesus. He said, the message say, Amen, 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 Amen. Receive it, Amen. But the person knows that if you give him a little boost, it will help his faith to say amen. I cannot say it. So what we are talking about here is that love works. Love boosts the faith of people. I cannot say it. It helps boost your faith. You may not have everything to give, but you can boost. I remember somebody uh, 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 met me uh, a while ago. He was like a family friend to us, you know, in, in, in this country. And he met me and was like, Pastor, I'm in serious need of some money. His family, his reputation was on the line from his family path. And what he needed was, that means what? Not quite much. Are you know what I'm saying? And then he told me, Pastor, go me this money, I will pay you back. And I told him, okay, I don't have that money. Uh, okay, I will borrow you this amount. I borrowed him half of the money. But I ended up him borrowing. Because actually, even Pastor was there when I borrowed him. And I just reminded him, you remember that he borrowed this guy that money? He said, I have actually forgotten. And actually, we have forgotten the money in his hands. Why? Because we know that that, that was a boost. At that point, he said, Pastor, he was heavy. His countenance was down. He was like, Pastor, everything was going to fire. And funny enough, it's not even about faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? When we gave him the assistance, it, it helped him to reduce the weight of his Why did I do that? Because I knew he was a genuine destitute at that point. He's a hardworking person, he's a diligent person, he doesn't cheat, he doesn't lie, he does his things rightly and wisely. So in that situation, he comes to meet me. He's genuinely destitute. I don't say anything wrong in what? Give him the bit support. And by that, by the grace of God, the shame that was coming on his head was removed. And you know what I'm saying? Now, so love is what is shown by works. It's shown by works, not by word. I love you, I love you, does not put food on the table. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love you, I love you, does not pay the children's cookies. Are you getting me? I love you, I love you, does not pay the house rent. I love you, I love you, does not pay the transport fare. It's better not to use the word I love you and to be doing the responsibility than to keep saying I love you and you're not responsible. Are you know what I'm saying? So love is more of a, is a responsibility than a word. Are you getting me? And today we have a wordful society. So they are so flippant with words, but they are very responsible. And about why the Lord, I began to understand something in life that my purpose as a man is not to be romantic. My purpose is to be responsible. When you are responsible, everything falls in peace. 
Love is responsible. Love is responsibility. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so we understood this briefly now. The above mention makes us understand the place of men in the lives of men. And we're talking about men relating with men. Now, we're also love for men, love for men. Now, this implies that our relationship with fellow men is the key determiner of the perfection of our faith through love. Yeah. Our relationship with fellow men is the key determiner of the perfection of our faith through love. Now, of course, we cannot remove men from the picture and attain perfection of it. No. We cannot remove men from the picture and attain perfection of it. One of the problems we have most of the time as Christians is that we so claim to love God, but we so claim to, we so hate our fellow men. We so claim to love. When you see Christians dealing with Christians like this, eh? Christians, I'm not talking about believers, I mean Christians dealing with Christians. When you see Christians cheating Christians like this, when you see Christians defrauding, I'm talking from experience. As I know about a pastor in this region, he wanted to do to me as a pastor. Broad delight. They want to cheat you. They want to cheat you. When you see Christians defrauding Christians, you wonder if it is Christians that are doing this to Christians. If I'm not here now, even the world will not even defraud us, we will defraud ourselves. You see, when they are not believe that defraud you, it's a little understanding. Because you know that he is depraved. Are you getting me? He's not saved. So it's his nature. But when somebody who claims to have the nature of Christ defrauds you or tries to defraud you, it's, it's painful. It's painful. So we, try, we, we claim to be made perfect in love. We claim that our faith is made perfect, but we do not relate it in our actions. And that is confusion. That is Babel. And you know what I'm saying? That is Babel. That is power. And now I see that by the day we are complaining. Why is it that why is that there's no power in the church? There's no power in the church. Where are the men of faith? Where is the faith of old? The faith of old is, is still there. The problem is that the men of new have thrown away what what the faith of old. <laughs> they threw away the engine of the faith of old. That faith is still there, forget that it is still very alive. But the men of new have thrown away the engine of the faith of old. What is the engine? It is love. It is love. Love for one another. Let's not go into the aspect of denominationalism. That has all that told us about. You know, you will say my church. And I'm like, which church? Whose church? My pastor. Those are the things that, are, that have removed the engine of the love, of the faith of God. And that's why don't the faith of God is still there, but there's no engine to drive it. When you, when you have a car and the car's body is in place, it's very good. But there is no engine, what happened? The car is static. It's just there. But there's nothing to do. If I leave the engine is too much, remove battery. Nothing moves. And the car is just fine there. And that's why the happens to be seen as a form of godliness in us. But the power we deny. Because the engine that propels the power is love. The faith of all could perform much because we are propelled by love. Love from the Lord and love for one another. Amen to Jesus. Now, so John the Apostle confessed this truth when he asked, How can we claim to love God who we do not see? When we do not love our brother who we can see? This is actually impossible to do. Then John 4 said, Look at us, because if a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? How can he love God whom he has not seen? I'm talking from experience of missions. I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was like, ah, in this place, once they see your country people, they want to, they want to cheat them. It's a normal thing, we just want to cheat them. And then because they say, the people are also cheats. And I was like, how do you, why would you relate with somebody on the grounds of his nationality, not the grounds of his individuality? Ask him that question. I said, that because I asked him, what tribe are you to me? I said, hey, your people, when they tell you that welcome me in this country, they were devils, they troubled my life. I said, when I was when I said, but well, I'm not relating with you as if your people troubled me. He said, no. I said, you don't relate to people on the grounds of nationality, tribe. You relate people on the grounds of what? Individuality. Individuality. And that's the reason why we see that there's so much anarchy in the church today because many, many things that, that came from Babel are still finding their place in the church of Jesus. And so we're claiming to love God. We see we talk holy hands and we say we love the Lord. But at the end of the day, when we stand with our fellow brother, we show partiality. When we stand 
in our federal program, we do not show love to them, and may yet we claim to love God. And that's why we are saying looking for the faith of hope. Is there men of you carry the engine and food back? The faith of hope will just start working. Put the engine back, it will start working. It will start working. Amen to Jesus. Now, side the truth that God makes our faith perfect on earth. We are also to live in love because of the great cloud of witnesses and the great assembly of the firstborn in heaven awaiting us as we see in Hebrews 12 verse 23. Now, number one, we've understood that God makes our faith perfect on earth. But there's another reason why we have to live in love. It is also because now we live in love because it makes our faith perfect on earth. We live in love to reveal Christ on earth. We live, we live in love because, uh, uh, we, we, because we are reciprocating God's love to him. The Bible says we will be for we love because he first loves us. So by loving, we are reciprocating his love back to him. Amen to God. That is the first thing that we've been able to deal with that for a period of days. But that is the second reason why we have to live in love. And this reason is also a beautiful reason. And what is that reason? Because of the great cloud of witnesses and the general assembly of the first one that are what? Awaiting us. And also the spirit of just men being perfect. Are you not saying? The great part of witness is called the general assembly. Let the spirit of just men be perfect. They are waiting us. And this is one vital reason why we also have to live in love. One vital reason why we have to live in love. Now let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 23. I'll use the King James Version and the Amplified Bible. It says, The general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all. Just men made perfect. Now look at the, look at the people addressing here. The general assembly, number one, the church of the first volume. The church of the first volume about the church of Jesus, amen. Which is on it. General assembly is here, and then it says, which are written in heaven. Now all these are all these people they are, they are written in heaven. Amen. It says, and to God the judge of all, are we together? To God the judge of all, that's number three. And then it says, and to the spirit of just men made perfect. Now, so these are the four categories of people we live in love for. To God, the judge of all, the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which is us, the assembly there is the Greek word ecclesia, and that's, um, uh, it was ecclesia was actually a, a, bit, uh, a, a, a kind of a political meeting of the Greek, where the uh, political politicians meet, but it also means the church. So we're talking about the general assembly, we're talking about what? the ecclesia, the general assembly, which is the general church. Now we're talking about the general assembly, we're not talking about denominations, we're talking about every blood-washed child of God. That's the general assembly. So we are first we are blessed to the general assembly. Not to a denomination, not to a nationality, not to a tribe, not to a tongue, not to a language, no, to the general assembly. And then it says what? To what? The assembly of the firstborn. The assembly of the firstborn also means they accept Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. That means those that the, the assembly that comes from Jesus, which is also the church. So don't worry about this place in the church. Now, let me understand something. I believe so much in the church of Jesus. And anything that disunites the church, I hate it. Are you getting me? I believe so much in the unity of the church of Jesus. Anything that disunites the church, I hate it. And anything that will disunite the church, I will not allow it to come around me. Are you getting what I'm saying? Whether it be a practice, whether it be an ideology, whether it be a revelation that some people may call it, whatever it may be, was it disunites the church. We have to be aware of it. And it says to God the judge of all. This is God. And then we're talking about the spirit of justice made perfect. So thus far we've been talking about general assembly. We're talking about the church of the first one. We're talking about that. Talking about fellow men. Are we together? We've talked about God the judge of all. We've been studying that in the past teaching. So today we focus on the spirit of just made perfect. Now let's look at the Bible. It says, "And the general assembly, an assembly of the first one." Are registered as citizens in heaven. They are registered as what? Citizens in heaven. And to God, who is the judge of all, and to the spirit of the righteous, the redeemed in heaven. In heaven. Now there's the, the general assembly and the assembly of firstborn, their names are registered in heaven as citizens. And you know what they are sitting on it. But now the spirit of the righteous, they are what? The redeemed that are presently in heaven. Are you getting me? 
be made perfect, bringing them to their final glory. These ones have been made perfect because they have been brought to their world's final glory. Where is the final glory? Where we see him as he is. Where we behold him as he is. And lay our trophies at his feet. That is where we come to our world, final glory. That is the final point of perfection. So this spirit of just men being perfect, they are not on earth. Notice, they are where? In heaven. Because they have been brought to their world to their final glory. They have been made perfect. Are we together? Now, so who are these just men made perfect? Now, why some will restrict the just men to the sense of old? You know, some people believe that the sense of the Old Testament is better to see this group as being constituted of what? The righteous. That is what? The redeemed of all ages who have passed into the post-end stage already. Are you not saying? Now, when you hear the spirit of God living by some people restrict it to the sense of old. That's from Enoch down to the end of the Old Testament. Are you not saying? Every saint of old, everyone who, who obeyed God, who followed God in the Old Testament, they restrict it to this set of people. But now, in the general view, it is not actually those limited to those people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. It is, it is actually open to everyone who has lived following God, serving God, and obeying God to those who have been redeemed by Jesus. But I no longer here. That is why it says those that have been brought to the what? To their final end. They have been brought to their final glory. Their final glory. Because when we live here, we get to our final glory. Are you not saying? That the other ones have been brought to perfection, which is what tells We've been brought to the end, the crowning. As long as we are here, we never get to our final glory. We only go from glory to glory. We only go from perfection to perfection. But we never attain final glory. We only attain final glory when we live here and go to be with the Lord, to be with, to see Him as He is. Then we attain final glory. So everyone who has attained final glory is under the category of the Spirit of Just Men. That means both parts of the Old Testament and those in the New Testament they are, who are, who are gone to be with the Lord, they are all what the Spirit of Just Men was made perfect. Are we together? Now, they are designated um, so because their bodies are sleeping in the earth bosom, awaiting the day of resurrection. Praise God. Now, but what is the significance of the bed made perfect? The root tell you, as found in Hebrews 12, verse 23, is in a perfect tense. It's in what? Perfect tense. Now, tell you is in a perfect, in this particular, is in a perfect tense. Because in the Greek, you have, you have what you call the perfect tense, you have what you call the present continuous tense. Are we together? Tell you here is a perfect tense already completed. And you get what I'm saying? It's a perfect tense of the passive voice. The passive tense is the the result, the perfectedness is not the result of human merit. And you know what I'm saying? Now it's a perfect tense of the passive voice. Why a perfect tense and a passive voice? Now a perfect tense because they are perfect. Are you know what I'm saying? They are already perfect. They have come to their final glory. But the perfect passive voice here indicates the fact that they did not attain this perfection, this perfection, they did not attain it by their human merits. Even in the Old Testament, they did not attain the perfection by their own, by their human merits. That would say, and no one found grace. Even in the Old Testament, there was still the revelation of grace. But just at this time, you have to find it. But in the New Testament, he finds us. And you know what I'm saying? Therefore, there's still the presence. No man can attain perfection, the final perfection. No man can attain telios with his human merits. And you know what I'm saying? Even in the law, the grace was still functional. Like we like that the law is a shadow of the things to come. It was, it, was, it, was the, it was the shadow of the, the full manifestation of the grace of God to come. That means it was the shadow, that means the substance was closed by which was what? The grace of God, the New Testament. Did you come in that? Are you know what I'm saying? Now, so, it's, it, 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 no, it, this perfection was not attained by human merit. It wasn't. Even the sense of who would never attain perfection by human merit. That's what we're going to be studying in the course of time. If you want to talk about human merit, no one qualifies. If you go to Hebrew chapter, they want to talk about the heroes of faith. If you notice something, that when the Bible began to talk about them, the Hebrew chapter 11, the author of Hebrews never spoke of their imperfections. He spoke about the faith of Abraham. And now Abraham believed 
right now, scattered him for But he didn't speak about the father that Abraham went into Hagar. <laughs> he didn't speak about the father that Abraham lied that Sarah was his wife. Technical lie, wife lie. That Sarah was his sister, sorry. Yes, she was his stepsister. But at that point, she was not his stepsister. She was his status of wife. She was his stepsister before they got married. His status of stepsister ended years ago. At that point, she had long left the status of stepsister. But Abraham went to shoot the past because he wanted to save his head. The Bible never, the writer of Hebrews never spoke about that. Are you not saying? He only spoke about the perfection of Abraham. Why? It makes us understand that the perfect glory, the final glory, is not attained by human merits. It's attained by the ability of the grace of God. Amen. The Bible says, the Bible says, saved by grace through faith. Remember, once I was talking with my dad, and I told him, I said, Daddy, we're saved by grace. We remain saved by grace. I will finally be saved by grace. We're saved by grace. Our God with God will still be by grace. And our final destination will still be by grace. It will never be on the grounds of human merits. I get what I'm saying. It is ultimately the glory of God. Are we together? Praise God for more. Although this does not exclude human obedience, but it makes us understand that human obedience is just partnership with God's provision. God's provision is the supply of God's grace. Our obedience is the partnership with his provision. Actually, our obedience is the collection of his provision. Now, when we see obedience from a wrong perspective, everything about it goes wrong. When we see obedience as God keeping it, putting a burden on God, because most of us sing over, you see, I, I remember once we were teaching in church and somebody said, the man said, ah, Bible is hard. <laughs> Bible is hard, but we laughed and I like And I always tell them, you can never save God with your human strength. Is it possible? You need God Himself to serve Him. You get what I'm saying? You can never serve God in your human ideology. You need the grace of God to serve God. So our obedience is not actually an action of us propelling to God. You get what I'm going to ask God. Our obedience is actually an act of us receiving this provision of grace. So it can manifest in our lives. Now, when obedience is seen in the right point of view, there is nothing that God tells us that becomes difficult for us. Are you getting it? Abraham, the Bible says that when the Lord told him to sacrifice his son Isaac, he said he thought that if God would give him this child, that God could also what? resurrect the child. Now, Abraham took time to ponder over the instruction and why pondering what was happening. As he was pondering, he was opening his mind to the possibilities of grace. Now, when you ponder over a divine instruction and you close your mind to the possibility of grace, you see it as a heavy body to carry. But when you open your mind to the possibilities of grace, it begins to show you the possibilities of what will happen when you do that. So, as he was opening his mind to the possibility of grace, he asked him to say, After all, this child was given to me by God. I did, I did nothing to accentuate the rich child. In fact, it is based on what I did. I do not believe this child because I disobeyed. I went to Hagar and got Ishmael, whether I should have stayed in Sarah up until the time was come. Now, so, if it's based on my actions, I do not believe Isaac. Now, if God still looked at me with his grace and favor and love and gave me Isaac after I didn't so if it's asking for him, that means he has the ability to give to raise this Isaac back to life. He rationalized with an open mind to grace. So obedience became easy to him. Now, you see, people talk about all oh, uh, tithe, offering, deeds, that, and every other. Now, I've been in teaching in church, and we got to understand something that, you see, every of these things, our love responds to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, if you see giving as a burden, then it's a problem to you. Are you getting it? It's a problem to you. But if you see giving as a response, your love response to God, because your minds have been, your mind has been open to the possibilities of God's grace, provision, and supply, giving becomes a joy to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we don't get anything by the ground of our merits. Amen to Jesus. Now the perfect thing suggests that the perfected state is an abiding one. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the perfect state suggests that the per perfected state is an abiding one. That is a state that will be for eternity. That is, once they enter into the final glory, they are, they are in that glory forever, for eternity. No more 
comes to going to heaven and go out of heaven. That's why it's the perfect tense. Once they step into the final glory, they are in there forever. That's why if God does not leave you there, yet when you are coming, he does what? He sends you back. Because he does not want to get into the perfected glory. There's no turning back. You enjoy the perfected glory forever. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so, we, 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 uh, 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 there's also something we need to understand that some see the emphasis of the perfected as the character of what? The atoning effect of the blood of Jesus. Amen to Jesus. And then, some also see it as what? The final good which is going to heaven. But um, the basic thing about it is that the telios, the final glory, the, 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 the spirit of John the made perfect is the end product of the finished work of Jesus, the atoning work of Jesus, and then their end destination in final glory. Are you not saying? Because without the finished work of Jesus, we cannot get to the final glory. So it begins with the finished work of Jesus and ends with the final glory. Now, between the finished work of Jesus and the final glory is the process of perfection in dimensions. We are being made perfect. But now we are fully perfect. Are you not And so the spirit of just men made perfect is those who have finally attained that final glory. They are with the Lord. Are you not saying? From the Old Testament down to the New Testament. Now the promise therefore is this. There's a band of spiritual kinsmen that awaits with the victory already won in much anticipation. Are you not saying? We have a, we have a band spiritual kingsmen in heaven. I you not say now that's the reason why as a child of God you must not limit your kingsmanship to earth. Are you getting it? What the Bible says we have been citizens, we have been registered as citizens of heaven and in heaven. We are living together. Now so we have our kingsmen already in heaven. If that's why a, a child of God understands this cannot be alone. Are you not saying that? Why? Because even if you don't have anybody around you, you got you have your kingsmen in heaven. That's why they they, 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 are, they are so much there. You've got Enoch. You have Abraham, you have Isaac, you have Jacob, and the list goes on. And you have men in our generation that have also come there. Those ones are your kingsmen in heaven, praise God. And they are waiting with anticipation. They are waiting with anticipation. Why? Because they have won their own battle. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, he said, when we come to the come in the final glory, and we begin to sing about victory songs, the angels will look at us in astonishment. Why? Because they don't understand what it means to be to enforce the victory of Christ. For them, life is just not about enforcing victories. But here, you know what it means to enforce the victory of Christ on the daily basis. You enforce it in your health. You enforce it in your finances. You enforce it in your children. You enforce it in your wife. You enforce it in your business. You enforce it in your career. You enforce it in your profession. You enforce it in your job. In every area of you can't live your life without enforcing. When you wake up in the morning, you have to enforce. In the noon, you are enforcing. At night, you are enforcing. We live enforcing. Why? Because we know that if we fail to enforce, the devil will kick up on our ground and we together. And so there are men who live 50 years, 60 years, 80 years, 120 years, 150 years, and they successfully enforced the finished work of Christ on earth. And they went to be with the Lord. And those men are there. They are my real kinsmen. Let me give you a little shocker. Your real kinsmen are not people from your tribe. No. They are not people from your nationality. No. They are not people from your locality. No. They are not people from your family. No. Your real kinsmen are those who have won the victory here. And they have attained perfect glory. And they are anticipating your coming. Those are your real kinsmen. And you don't say that. My brother, my sister, my uncle, my auntie. We discover that something that we get more discouraged. Why? Because these guys can't really anticipate anything for us. We are all in the fight. We are all in the enforcing business together. And you cannot say that. We are all enforcing together. But there are guys who are finished enforcement. They are there anticipating. And you cannot say that. That's how the Bible says, Anabada, Shadabada, It says we should follow them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. It's because we don't know how to follow them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. How many of you have done a character study on Moses? How many of you have done a character study on Abraham? How many of you 
you to swear? How many of you are going to crack a study on, on, on Isaac? How many of you are even trying a little more God? No, we don't do nothing. And because we don't do nothing, we know nothing, we argue every day. This man of God is the greatest. That man of God is the greatest. This man of God is the smallest. The same stupidity that played the disciples when they were sick with Jesus is plaguing us. Who is the greatest? That same question is still coming out. The same stupidity is plaguing us. Why? Because we don't even know how to follow men who through faith and patience obtain the promise. And let me make you understand something, child of God. These kings men are anticipating our coming. Are we together? They are waiting that we will be joined with them in the eternal hope of the righteous. They are anticipating it. This makes us understand that from Enoch till the end of the Old Testament, everyone departed who lived for God and obeyed him, along with all those departed who believed him, received, followed, and served Jesus to it. And the spirit of trust made perfect. Are we together? Now they are watching us while we live on it. They are desiring that we walk and walk in love. Are you get what I'm saying? They are watching us. Now you have it. You understand some of us understand the genius of this thing. No. We understand loving God and loving men. We understand loving God. But we don't understand another reason why we have to love. Other reason is because we have our kingsmen in heaven watching us and anticipating, desiring, expecting that we live and walk in love. Now, the same way fans watch their clubs in the field play, and you get what I'm saying? The same way you see the fans, they watch their clubs in the field play. Some of them in their homes they are watching, and before you know they are throwing their leg, before you know they are, they are jumping, with their special, hey, play up on them, hey, do it. And the fans in the club, you see what they in the field, you see what they do. They begin to hear their, their players, they begin to sing chants and sing praises to their players so they can boost the morale of the players. And you get what I'm saying? I remember once there was, there, there, there was a match that Nigeria played, and at the point in time, it looked like our team was not doing well. And suddenly, our fans started singing, He's a miracle working God. He's a miracle working God. He's the Alpha and the He's a miracle work. Before you know the game turned, and Nigeria took the lead and won the game at the end of the game. That we won. They asked him, What happened? What happened? How come the match just turned suddenly? And then Nigeria took the lead and won that. He said, What I noticed was that their fans began to sing the song. I said, What is that song? He said, The song is Miracle. Miracle God. Miracle, Miracle God. Miracle, Miracle. Miracle, Miracle. Miracle, Miracle. Even the president understood that the fans changed the spiritual atmosphere. I understand what I'm saying. Our kids, men in heaven, can change our spiritual atmosphere. They can direct us to success. Be, 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 be conscious of the kings, men. The reason why we mess up most of the time is because we are not conscious of kings, men. The reason why we do not work in law sometimes is because we are not conscious of kings, men. We all know that when the fans begin to sing the peak, what happens? The players get to the peak of their morals. Fans club. This fan, the 
they sang their team somewhat and their team won, at the end of the day, the team gave the trophy to the fans. <laughs> you did too much. It's not very good. I'm very good. They get it. I hear what I'm saying. They get the trophy to the fans. See, you cannot play any sports without fans. Without fans, you cannot play any sports. That's why we can see how the club, the matches are going now, where the fans are not much. You can see that there's still a little, a little drop in the morals. Are you not saying that? There's still a little drop. Because the fans can turn things around. They can turn things around. If fans could change atmosphere. Then fans can change anything. And I tell you, you have fans. You have fans. We have fans. Praise God for the Lord. We have fans. Walking and living in love is the only way to win in life. And this is what the spirit of just men made perfect desire for us. Because we can only join them when we win. They want us to win. So they are not talking you down. They are talking you up. I don't say it. They are praising you. They are pushing. They are, they are giving you all the necessary encouragement just for you to do what? To win in this walk of love. They are there. Be conscious of them. And that's what we say. When we say there are forces that are fighting for you, you don't understand. Everyone <laughs> has his force. But God has their force. But there are forces of spirit of just men being perfect. They are, fighting. They are ensuring that they are, they, are, they, are, they are praising you to succeed. So I mean, there's some of us always understand that there's some kind of there's, there's some kind of morals that comes that we just think you just bring in tongues at this. You know? No, why they bring in tongues? There were some the fans in heaven were also talking. They were talking. They were pushing. They were praising you. Let me tell you something. These guys are excited about you. They're excited about me. They, they, they want so they want you to win. Every fan club wants their team to win. Is that also? They want you and I to win. And we must win because these guys are expecting us. And you know what I'm saying? Remember, teams give their best because of the support they get from their supporters' club. So give your best to walk in love because of the support of the spirit of just men made perfect. They're supporting us. They're supporting us from heaven. There's a brother is there watching down. And he said, Ma, he said, Oh, brother, do it. You can do it. This guy has made him angry. You want to Everyone say, No, you can do it. You, you don't need to release that anchor. No, 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 no. You don't need to throw that anchor. No, child, my brother, you can do it. You can walk in love. And as he says, hey, No, 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 no. They have covered your wells. Hey, they have covered your four and your three wells. As he said, Don't worry. Go and dig again. I don't. I kept digging. Go and dig again. You can dig. You can dig. Don't give up. Don't get angry and start fighting them. No. If you fight them, you will not walk in love. Again. Go and dig. Every one of them gives their current runs. I went through it and I came out successful. You can't be successful in it. You can walk in love. And we, the only way we do this is that we must depend on God's grace. We must depend on God's grace. As we depend on His grace, the realization of the truth that our kings men in heaven are supporting us becomes a true reality to us. We are not conscious of this because we are not even living in the provisions of God's grace. But if you, if you live in the provision of God's grace, you'll be conscious of it. Let me understand something. That's the reason why these names were put in the Bible. They were not put there for nothing. Like, you know, some of us not even, among, not even thought they study on any character in the Bible. So how do you understand how this your kinsmen succeeded? Even some of their failures were put so that you know what? You will not fail in that area. Scripture, it opens your eyes to these people better, and then you can follow them 
who through faith and patience obtained the promise. Have you followed them? Doing the right things they did. There were places where they went wrong. You correct it and you go further and you keep walking in love. How many of us are ready to make our fans not excited? How many of us are ready to win this war? To win, to, to win this life? How many of us are ready to win the work of love? How many of us are ready to walk in love? How many of us are ready to give the trophies to our fans love at the end of it all? If you are that person, you pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive grace to perpetually live and love walk in love. Thus make God and the spirit of just men made perfect happy. Once again, say, I receive grace to perpetually live and walk in love. Thus make God and the spirits of just men make perfect happy. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and pray. Rika Subranda Lamayana Boshi Braka Daliana Dasa. Rika Telebella Diamala. Rika Padarabadasha. Rika Telebella. I receive grace to walk in love and just make you Lord happy. And then that to support the spirit of just to make happy. Don't to make happy happy. To make them happy. Another Bosha. To make you Lord happy. And to make them happy. I receive grace. Thank <laughs> you. 
from to the scanner, you actually don't see a baby there, but it's actually a pregnancy. Hallelujah, Shataha. He cannot, but there's no baby. You go for the scanner, you don't see any baby. But you are feeling all the symptoms of pregnancy. When you go for scan, time and again, and there's no baby here. There's no baby here. The Lord will have to tell you that according to the time of life, that baby will come out. Amen. He says, Do not be afraid. He says, I am covering the baby from his enemies. Amen. That is the reason why I have seen this scan. He says, According to the time of life, the baby will come out. Says the spirit of the Lord. Says the spirit of the Lord. But there's somebody you are feeling an itching in your head. This right side of the head, an itching, an itching, an itching. Feel an itching there at, at this right side of your head. Now it's just a small spot, but now over time it's going to expand, and before you know, it's going to turn into a skin disease, and your whole head, the whole scalp, is going to be covered with disease. You're feeling the itching. But it's going to expand and your whole scalp is going to be covered. But while God is breaking that discovery, uh, that force of darkness on your head now, it's breaking the root of that force of darkness. In the name of Jesus, that satanic implantation on your head, it is destroyed. It is destroyed. And that infirmity is cast out of your body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, please, I want to pray for those who are just another person. Say, if you want to make that prayer, please say that to me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died and resurrected for me. And with your blood, you remove my sins. So, the Lord Jesus, I give you my life. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I choose to serve and follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. But I pray for everyone who has made this prayer. Thank you for accepting them in the Lord. And thank you for giving them the grace to serve and follow you all the days of their life in the name of Jesus. But I pray for every one of us. We receive grace. We receive grace to walk and walk in love and make you happy and make our kids men happy in heaven happy. Thank you for the bit of that grace and thank you for the receipt in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I think we're blessed today. Once again, thank you for your time. God bless you. Grace to you. See you tomorrow.